Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me this week, I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, pretty good. It's nice to come on and be able to talk about a win instead of the, what was it, the three in a, three in a row that we went down before before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was starting to become a little worrisome. And um, I know I was talking last episode with Logan that um, I guess sort of echoes of last season where we went on that sort of poor run of form. And then, yes, we had the little break because of COVID. Last time it was a much longer break. And we sort of thought, okay, maybe this break will sort of set us right to um, kick on and, and stay in the championship. And unfortunately, it wasn't the case last season. But certainly this season, um, the break seems to have done us a bit of good. We've got George Honeyman back in the side for starters, which is always a, a positive sign. Um, and we came away with the win against Charlton. Um, a few talking points out of this game, I would dare to say. Um, but I'll get your your thoughts first on, um, I guess, the manner of the win. Um, and uh, obviously we had a bit of rotated personnel for, for COVID-related reasons. George Long in goal, for instance. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, look, I think as you mentioned, like, with how things went last season and, and whether the break was going to help us or hinder us, it was nice to see that it, it definitely helped us or, you know, it helped us this time and, and that the break was beneficial. We came out and we actually had a positive um, performance after it. Um, I thought that was really good. I was really pleased. I don't think there's, there's no one who really actually had a, had a poor game um, across our whole, whole team. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I guess like I maybe the man leading the line. My my thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually could I, I was also going. Yeah, you're right. You know, everyone was really good, and I went. Uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe not Thomas. Yes, right. He um. I guess the way I would describe it is that his performance was so average that it completely slipped my mind. He <laughs> yeah. didn't do anything that was particularly bad, but he didn't do anything. He did, he did nothing yeah. no, noteworthy at all, like yeah. in either regard. So, yeah, okay. So apart from so the other ten were really good. <laughs> um, yeah. Look. Um, oh, you've you've thrown my train of thought for a second there. Um, right, and the the lineup. I guess uh, no one was. I wasn't really sure how that was going to look. You know, having been forced to those postponements because of a COVID, um, some positive COVID results. So that was, I guess, like. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise, but I guess it's also gave us that indication of who it was, regardless of whether McCann is going to name many of those names or I, not. Yeah, I did find that funny that he, he was. Yeah. yeah, that he was sort of like, oh, yes, well, I can confirm that um, Ingram had it because he's given me permission to talk about it. Um, Scott, uh, Burke and Elder all missed the game, but oh, I can't talk about why they were missing sort of thing. It's like, hmm, gee, I wonder, I can't put my finger on what it could be. Yeah, it's really like if it was anything else, he would have just said. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's like if they were injured, he'd just say they were injured. There's no like it, he wouldn't, yeah, beat around the bush in that manner. So it's it's pretty clear that they had it, but hopefully they're all going to be yeah. all right. Um, I think we've got another sort of a break now because I think Wigan has blown some positives. So it's yeah. Not- until oh we've got uh it's about a week from today i think isn't it until our, it is yes we've got the, the, the cup game 
which you know i i'm i'm starting to get i mean we'll talk about the fleetwood game a little bit later anyway but i am starting to get a little bit skeptical about these sorts of cups and the potential for their completion because i think with the number of cases in the uk now and especially at these lower levels where testing isn't really being done i i don't and and i think the biggest test for me or the most interesting thing for me will be in the fa cup when spurs players at marine or someone who are who are like you know eighth division or seventh division or something like well, that that makes sense because they've just announced that everyone that's not so league one and two are going ahead everyone below is being told mm. to they kick it off so and i think, how does I that, think yeah so, so i think marine have got, yeah like they've got they've got some special exemption for this game and i guess the presumption yeah. is they're going to lose it but just even in terms of are the players going to get tested and that sort of thing mm. so that spurs don't then get infected and um, I think things like the EFL trophy very quickly, I think they're going to say, well, we need the, we need the time to um, fill in games that have been postponed. Yeah. I think there's so many potential uh, ramifications and ways that in cross sections and intersections and in ways that this season is going to go in regards to those cup games and things. It's, it's almost impossible to predict, but mm. if while we've got a game to play, um, I'm happy to play it. And I think it just gives an opportunity for, you know, players to keep, keep fitness or, or try and regain some fitness after assuming they've forcibly had a couple of weeks rest um, and various various other things. But yeah. um, I think, yeah, but back to, back to the Charlton game, um, which, yeah, I thought was a strong performance from most. Um, and I was, I guess, yeah, the lineup became an indication of, of who was, who had contracted um, or um, had a positive uh, test result. Um, it was nice. I think it was nice. It ended up being, I, even though it was a f- essentially a forced rotation, it was nice to see um, guys like Fleming get a go, um, get a bit of a run, and I think he sort of grabbed that with both hands. I thought he had a really strong game. Um, Delacun scored a goal. Um, sadly, his last goal for the for the um. Yeah, try to backflip. <laughs> Sadly, his, his last goal for the club for the foreseeable future, uh, as obviously being being recalled by Bristol City, but which is a bit of a shame. But I I think I, it was in the news; it was sort of happening. So but, yeah, it, it was one of those ones where there'd been a bit of talk for a few days, so it, it wasn't a complete shock that that he went. And I, I was actually a little bit surprised he'd only scored the three goals because his goals, and I, I tweeted out about it when I first saw the news he'd left it. All three of his goals were reasonably important or reasonably memorable goals. So you sort of think that he might have scored a couple more. But that first goal that he scored on debut against, or oh, I can't even remember who it was against now, um, was a really good finish. And then his second, which was in the EFL Trophy, I think, from distance uh, against, was it maybe Grimsby or somebody? And then, of course, um, mm. uh, last weekend against Charlton as, as the third goal as well to open the scoring. And um, you know, all, all three pretty good goals and, and um, you know, he'll, he'll certainly be missed as an option up forward. So um, we'll maybe talk a little bit later about um, potential options in the transfer window to replace him. Um, second goal scored by Doherty as well, which was a really great finish from really well-worked play from um, Lewis Potter, first of all, to get it in the box for Wilkes, uh, who really, you know, he should, probably should have scored from the uh, from the chance, but then um, a brilliant back heel from Honeyman to set up um, Doherty. Yeah, look, I think um, the first goal was a bit scrappy, but it, it went in and that's what counts. And the second goal was really nice and, and uh, just a cracking finish from Doherty. And he 
really looks like since he got that first goal a few weeks ago that he's, he's really starting to find that find that confidence and find that range in his shooting and he's becoming a very, very dangerous player, um, which gives us, I think, that midfield, we've got to be getting close to the, in terms of like attacking prowess, in terms of the assists and things that Honeyman's contributing, and now that Doherty's jumping in with some goals and Honeyman's chipped in with a couple, I think, as well, yep. they'll be turning into quite a formidable um, you know, uh, attack a uh, midfield trio, and that's without counting the goals from our forward line. So, I think that's that's really good. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, uh, other other than the goals, of course, there was a few interesting moments. Um, well, I guess both off the pitch between McCann and um, Boyer, and also with um, uh, Prantley, I think was it who got sent off. Yeah. For- was it a kick on Wilkes? I think it was. So, so that's what the the seems to be what I think what I saw on Twitter was that it had been reported as that he kicked out or something, but um, it wasn't really clear. There was no footage of it. It wasn't really clear exactly yeah. what happened from the from watching it live. But yeah, some interesting ones because that whole a bit of a feisty performance from Charlton. Yeah, yeah, it was weird because what they had a corner or we had a corner or something, and then the game stopped and the ref had to go over and talk to the managers and this whole thing. And uh, no one really, I had no idea what any of it was about. Um, and then, and the same with the red card, like it just, it, the ball, it stopped. And then he went over and, and Prattley was sent off and we, everyone was, I was scratching my head. Yeah, going, what, yeah. what, just, what actually just happened? And then I was like, oh, maybe he's, and then I think on the call, they're like, oh, he, maybe he said something to the, to the touchy yeah. or something. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe probably, probably did. He's been a bit of a character so far. So, um, yeah, look, it was. It was a game that had its moments, but I don't think the red the, that red card in no way influenced the outcome. I think we were we were pretty um, clear um, clear winners, and I think we we outperformed them in in pretty much all regards. So. And it's it's just interesting because it didn't strike me. It wasn't a game of you know heavy tackles or anything like that from us, or you know time wasting or anything like that to sort of provoke the sort of response that we got from Charlton, where they just seemed really up for a lot of niggle and and complaining to the ref. And I mean, even their even their social media account was getting into it with uh, calls of you know potential penalties and other things. And I you know as always, Ben Taus, the uh, social media manager for for Hull City, really on top of his game with the tweet after the game where he said, you know, we've checked the analyst tape and uh, it's a 2-0 victory for City to sort of uh, mock some of the Charlton tweets about, you know, the analysts are saying it's a handball in the box and all that sort of thing. Uh, it was quite good fun. Yeah, look, I don't, I'm not sure. I guess uh, you, you wonder if... Um... I'm wondering if maybe like that was part of their game plan, or like to to disrupt our our game and disrupt our attacking play was just to try and get a niggle and get in the refs here and try and upset us that way. Because stranger things have happened, and I know sometimes, you know, against the big team in the division or whatever that, even though Charlton's like for that division is a is a is yeah. a reason. You know, they're a big club as well. They dropped down with us, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems sometimes again that's that's your way to to try and. To stop to stop them is stop them being able to attack is just have the ref you know get get it getting in the refs here and getting them getting the the whistle blown and, and play stopped regularly which I mean with the way that we play and the way that like how we like to play those fast plays slowing down the game and that is probably a decent tactic it just didn't was work it, out for them. was it Swindon or I think it was Swindon who um, really took advantage of free kicks and, and taking quick free kicks and quick set pieces to um, to disrupt us. So I wonder if Charlton was hoping for, for a bit of 
bit of similar um, strategy on, on that front as well. Um, I guess then I'll I'll give my three votes for the MVP and um, it's hard to look past Honeyman for the three votes in this one. I think um, a pretty outstanding display from him again and, and thankfully no yellow card. I was a bit nervous a couple of times that he was going to get a card which would have had him suspended for the next game but uh, thankfully avoided that. Um, I'll give the two to Greaves. So I thought you know, it was Greaves whose ball kind of set up the first goal by um, playing, I think, Wilkes into space. Um, and then he had a few other really good set pieces or, or set plays as well um, with his passing. And, you know, his confidence is just growing game after game. And, and, and there was a few times he was pushing up pretty far in the pitch. So um, clearly becoming quite confident in his play as well. Uh, and they'll give the one to Doherty, who, you know, great second goal. And as you've already said, his confidence seems to be growing now after after he's broken his duck and and, and really starting to um, give us quite an attacking um, threat out of midfield. Yeah, look, I don't actually know if I could argue with any of those. It's They're probably the three clear choices, realistically. Um, Greaves is, he's, for me, he's just a, just a really impressive young kid. I... Especially in that 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 center in that center half to to step in as a young kid and, and essentially have a seamless transition into the first team and ascent and all but a mistake free first ooh, twenty games or whatever that's that's um, really good signs anyway for to come and he's the comments that he makes to the media show he's got a um, good head on his shoulders he's a nice grounded kid so um, I really like it. I'm, Really, just the he's deserve he deserves the success that he's getting, and and I think he's when you think of that, you know, we we paid a couple of million for device, did we? How much did we pay for uh, device? No, it might have been about seven hundred thousand. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But we we paid a, a fair amount of money for him and he, from Piers Van Eindhoven, yeah. you know, a young uh, rated talent from a big club that is pretty well renowned for producing decent centre halves. Um, to that he's ousted him who, and he like at a time last year, we thought there's no one who would possibly be able to come in and knock G- big Geordie out of that, out of the back line for a young kid to have just stepped in his yeah. first full season and, and done it with a, with ease essentially, because there's, I can't see any way bar injury that device would force his way back in front of Greaves anyway. Um, and I guess, you know, as a good segue there to continue talking about Eves, uh, oh, sorry, Greaves, I should say, <laughs> um, is is the sort of Twitter rumours or transfer rumours that have started to pop up that Newcastle are interested in him. And, and we all know that Brucey loves the centre-half, especially, um, you know, a young, promising one from League One, as he did with Maguire going to City. Um, I guess, firstly, do you see any risk of Greaves leaving in this window? And secondly, do you think City would would even entertain offers at this stage? Um, to, uh, I think to a two-part two, two question, I'll give you a two-part answer. Um, it, it really, I, I, it, I think it really depends on how how much Newcastle wants him. I don't think that they're going to pay the money for that that would reflect him being a first-team player at Newcastle. So I don't think that we would entertain the offer in that regard, because I think they'll come in and they'll offer maybe a couple of hundred thousand or something. It'll be a cheap yeah. buy for them for a for a nineteen year old centre half to come in and and you know be a squad player, probably go out on loan again anyway or something. So in in that regard, I would I wouldn't imagine that we would. But 
then again, as is the eternal, every time we have this conversation, <laughs> the flip side of that coin is that <clears throat> our current owners are running things from a very financial model and are very keen to, um, you know, reclaim um, the money that they've invested into this club. And so who knows anything could happen. What I am hoping if they want to reclaim some money is that that MLS interest or something mm. reappears for device um, yeah. because that's one that I could feasibly let go. And I think and I think that one makes a lot more sense as well from the point of view that device would be on quite a substantial weekly wage. So there'd be the two-part sort of um, recovery of a fee for device plus getting his wages off the books when he's not even playing at the moment. I think, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's that's the avenue that they should be focusing on. Um, yeah, look, I really, I hope he doesn't go. I really do. Um, but I, I guess like also at this stage, it's, it's a couple of days in the transfer window. It's nothing more than a footnote in an article. Mm. I mm. don't think there's really too much into it. Um, it could just be people go, I mean, like how long's Greaves been at the club? Bruce was probably here when he was a 12 year old or something. Yeah. He's trying to do the, do the math. Yeah. 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 But, you know, and so you never know, like, like <clears throat> that when Bruce could have just one day been, you know, around the grounds or whatever and just seen a young, a young centre-half, you know, doing Ooh, his, doing his thing. Yeah, yeah like, oh, you, you know, like, go and he's got every, he's got all the skills to, to continue and just has perhaps he's kept an eye on him over the years. Who knows? I, I, um, I was thinking that because I was thinking that in terms of Lewis Potter as well, that, you know, mm. these guys, and, and Fleming as well, who we'll talk about in a second, but Fleming who joined the club as a uh, nine-year-old, I think he did, and he's now, I guess, 19 or 20. So he, he's been at the club since, you know, almost the Phil Brown days. So obviously Phil Brown wouldn't have gone along to watch the under-10s, but, mm. you know, feasibly at some point in his development, whether it was under Brucey or, or Marco Silva or any of those managers, these guys were at an age where they'd be starting to catch the eye of the first team in terms of, you know, we presume that these guys would have been sort of standing out even at that level um, um, and, and therefore kind of catching the eye and being so earmarked for, for later down the track. Yeah, well, I think the other thing is like every time, you'd imagine every time as a manager that you is that you you get a centre-half injury or you get a left-back injury or whatever, you'd be going and having a look at what options you have within the club first and foremost before you then considered bringing someone in from outside. So you'd imagine at some point throughout their career in the youth system at Hull City that that they would have been looked at in some, some manner at some point. So it's not entirely surprising. I, I mean, his performances warrant interest i think um in terms of greaves and lewis potter and i i think fleming does he he's he's good enough that he does deserve to have interest but i don't think he's been playing enough that he would really warrant yeah. that much interest not at this point like not yeah. in the january window perhaps like um in the uh, i always get it wrong spring for us it's their autumn winter uh, window yeah um but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but essentially, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that um, Greaves will go um, primarily because I don't think they'll they'll offer enough money for him if they make an offer at all. Yeah, um, and then of course we sort of already touched on Adelican getting recalled by Bristol City. Um, there, there's an obvious answer to the question of where do we find a replacement for him, and I mean the obvious answer is that he's sat on our bench. But failing that, 
do you think the club will now try to go try and go into the transfer window and, and find a replacement? Keeping keeping in mind that I mean I did see it pointed out that I, I don't know if we've received any financial support from the league, but I do believe that clubs that then purchase players during the transfer window are then unable to rely on the, the league for any sort of funding in the second half of the season. So I'd actually be very interested to see how much activity there even is in this transfer window at our level because I suspect a lot of clubs would just be sitting on their hands um, sort of, yeah. you know, continuing to function. Yep, um, probably. But I think the other thing is like even, okay, so Adelacoon is gone, <clears throat> which means we still have Kim Lewis Potter, James Scott, Thomas Meyer. Is there Wilkes. anyone else? Um, oh, yeah, Wilkes, Eves, Magenis in our front line, mm. uh, which is still eight or nine players to fill three spots. So um, I don't think we're really – it's not like we suddenly are lacking options. Um, and I think uh, is – Yeah, I think Meyer's almost a forgotten man in this situation. Mm. He, um, Yeah, he is a – but I don't know. Because uh, he was he on the bench on the weekend? Did he get? Did he come on in the second half? Or uh, he might have. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for a little bit. I think so. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Look, I think we have enough options that I wouldn't. I. That I don't think we're in a position to be f- panicking out and going and buying someone. Particularly if that if that's the case that if we were to buy someone, we wouldn't. You know, be able to receive any financial benefits. I would imagine that we, we've done a pretty good job building that um our squad up um that that loss the one loss isn't going to impact us too greatly i think if if we desperately needed another winger they would or forward they would probably just dip into some of those guys who were sitting around the edge of our squad in some of those earlier games yeah. so billy chadwick who i think he only went on a one month loan or something so yeah. And, he, um, and he's, he's been playing really well there as well. I think he's scored a couple of goals. I was actually just about to mention that he'd be, you know, if we needed to dip into the youth ranks, I think he'd certainly be one that would come into the squad. Um, yeah, him and then some of the other guys, the young kids that played in some of those cup games earlier in the season, you know, if you desperately needed someone to even just sit on the bench and come on for 20 minutes at the end of a the game, they'd, mm. they'd be they're capable enough that they'd be able to do that, I think. Um, so... But, no, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, uh, most of the interest in this window will likely be on outgoings, and um, like, like we've both sort of said, I think Device is the one that. I mean, you know, I'd sort of, I'd sort of be sad to see him go, but in, in terms of the potential outgoings, I think he's probably top of the list as um, the preferable departure in in that centre back um, grouping. Um, well, well, we'll move on and talk about our player of the week, which is Brandon Fleming, who um, who came back into the city side for just his second appearance of the season in the league, I believe, uh, and played really well. Um, it's really good to see a really capable backup option to Elder. Um, I think having these options at fullback now are really, really great for the squad. Um, and we sort of just talked about the fact that, um, you know, he, he's certainly sort of starting to make a mark in the senior squad and, and can certainly consider himself unlucky that he hasn't made more appearances this season, I, I would say. Um, and that's probably just testament to the fact that Elder's actually put quite a decent season together. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I sort of mentioned before, Fleming's been with the club since he was nine years old, which, you know, thinking about it, I think is probably uh, 10 or 11 years ago now. Um, 
and uh, he's been he's been out on loan at Gainsborough and then Bolton, where I think he was actually quite good at Bolton. And um, I don't know if that would have come before Josh Emmanuel's spell there, but I'm pretty certain he was there when Magennis was there. So I think they knew each other from from Bolton. Um, and then yeah, and then yeah, was in the side against Charlton and uh, obviously helped us to keep a clean sheet. So um, sort of steadily coming on with his progress as a uh, as a senior player. So what have you made of his time in the uh, senior setup? Look, I think he's. I, I've been really pleased with what I've the, what I've seen from Fleming this year, this season, and last. Um, his few games last season, either in the league or cup games. I actually didn't make he didn't make many. Only it's only a handful last season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was, think it was two or three in the league, yeah. and then yeah, a few in the cup. Um, because we had Fleming, and then there's the other one that I forget who. Um, was the yeah. right back who, who went to Gillingham. Um, yeah, I'll think of it. Who then played? Who played in the that cup game against Chelsea or whatever? And was it Chelsea, yeah. Yes. I forget. Anyway, anyway. Um, by the by, um, look, Brand. I really like Brandon Fleming. I think he offers a lot going uh, defensively, and he's developing his his forward his his attacking play. He was quite involved a few times and with some lovely little one-twos in the attacking third and on the weekend, which was really nice. Um, one thing that was really nice about him, which I read in the last couple of days, was that while there's talk about some of the other young guys going out on loan in the second half of the season, or there was talk about that, whether that still happens because now a lot of those options have disappeared, um, he basically said, no, I'm staying and I'm going to fight for my place in the first team. Which is really good um, because it would be easy for him to have said, "Well, basically, if Elder's available, I'm not going to get a game, um, and I may as well go on a, you know, go on a loan for a couple of months or whatever, and get some yeah. get some games under my belt, and then come back in and, you know, and then you go, oh, well, if if Elder had got injured, they can always recall me anyway or whatever. But um, it's nice to see him basically say, no, I'm here and I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight for that place because." Um, I mean, you never know. Elders had his history with injuries, with injuries. Um, so, you know, touch wood, nothing happens. But it wouldn't actually surprise me if he went down and he missed a month, a month of football or something. And then, if Fleming had a month of straight football, it would be a much, um, it would be a very interesting conversation again. Come where if when Elder had returned yeah. to fitness, uh, because I think overall, when they between the two of them, when they're at their best i don't think there's that much between them to be honest i don't think i don't feel like elders leaps and bounds beyond what brandon fleming's capable of um i think he just has that he's got the extra five years experience essentially um which is what's um i don't know maybe that's in his favor or at the moment but he's he's the incumbent at the moment but i think fleming's really not that far behind him so i'm really pleased with how he's coming along and i'm glad that he wants to stay and fight and push himself and push and push Elder as well to to make sure that they've got the best best left back in the, the in the squad on the on the on the pitch on the weekends. Yeah, and we've seen with um with uh, and it's it's uh, Robbie McKenzie by the way. I just I looked that one up. Yeah, um, I think. Um, but I mean, McKen's shown that he's very much a well apart from Lewis Potter, he, he will play players on their merits. And um, we, we've seen with Josh Emmanuel coming in at right back ahead of Coyle and that even when Coyle was fully fit, Emmanuel held his spot um, on the right flank. So um, 
Yeah, look, in that sort of situation, if Fleming was to get a month of football under his belt and, and was sort of starting to string some really good performances together, I don't think Elder would just be rushed back into the side, which um, is a real credit to, to the way that Fleming has developed his game so far. Yeah. Um, well, we'll look we'll look ahead then to uh, yet another another fixture against Fleetwood. And um, I, I guess just before that, I did want to sort of touch on, we were talking before about obviously the Wigan game has been postponed this weekend. And um, it's a little bit disappointing. I know the club was trying to rearrange the Sunderland fixture for, for this weekend instead because I think Sunderland were out without a game as well. Um, and it's pretty disappointing, I think, that we haven't been able to arrange that. I think it would have been really good you know, for, you know, first and foremost, just to, to sort of ease that congestion a little bit by getting one of those delayed games played. Um, but just also the fact that, um, you know, both clubs now without a game, it just sort of delays our, our fixtures even more, um, makes the season quite disjointed for us, you know, with sort of weeks in between our league games at the moment. Yeah, it's, that's weird. And it is a shame that, uh, that they weren't able to, to do something about that, but uh, were we going to be? Were we at home or away against Wigan? Um, I'll look it up. I think we were going to be uh, away, but I'm guessing on that. I, I wonder if it's like. I mean, it seem it would seem ridiculous because there's probably nothing else happening at the KCOM or like. But if we were both scheduled, if Sunderland was scheduled to be away and we were scheduled to be away, perhaps it just came mm-hmm. down to the thing that neither of those stadiums were available for them to play the game at. Something stupid like that, but. Yeah, we're, we're going to be away. At, we're going to be away at weekend. Yeah, so that's a fair point. It could be. It could be something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, yeah. I, I. I can't remember where I was going with that. But the, yeah. So instead, we've just got the wait until the um, the Fleetwood game midweek. Um, you know, normally we sort of don't have a whole lot to say about previous meetings with League One clubs, but we've already had the fortune or misfortune of two previous appearances against Fleetwood this season. Um, I guess an interesting news, Joey Barden was sacked by Fleetwood during the week. So uh, I think Simon Wiles, who was their um, goalkeeping coach, I think, is taking um, training sessions as the interim manager. Um, In doing the research for this episode, I did see an interesting story that Timmy Cahill has been linked as a potential new manager for Fleetwood. And, I mean, I guess they like their uh, their sort of um, raw former players to be um, to be managers. They like their big name sort of um, headline grabbers. So, I mean, there could be some truth to it. I, I don't think he'd be in charge by the time we play them in, in seven days or whatever it is. Uh, but it's a, it's an interesting rumour. It certainly is. Um, I think I, I pretty much heard it when you mentioned it earlier uh, off the off the air. But, yeah, look, I've, if, he's, I've, if he's interested in getting into management, um, I mean, th- not a bad club. I suppose. No whole city, but, you know. Uh, yeah. There's, there's worse I mean, clubs Kuhl, around. Yeah, I mean, Kuhl's starting in um, League Two. I think he's had a couple of gigs now in League Two. So yeah. just even from that sense of starting a tier higher than Kuhl, um would potentially, you know, assuming that it, it goes well for him, it doesn't end up backfiring, um, would be a, a decent stepping stone for him. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think he, like, he's, he obviously, he knows from, like, from his playing days and everything, it's obviously he knows the game well enough that I think, you know, if he was interested in being a manager, I'd have no doubts in his ability to do that. Um, he's, he's a, he's, he's a very liked character. I know like he's got a very strong reputation throughout the game. And I don't think, I can't think of anyone who's ever played with him that didn't, hasn't given him a positive 
um, recommendation essentially. So um, I think that is good. It shows that he's obviously got good in, interpersonal skills and that's going to help him in managing a bunch of egos in a football club. Um, you'd imagine, you'd hope that there's not too many egos in a League One club, but well, the, so the sort of squad that Joey Barton's put together. I know they had they had Chad Evans there, but I think they've now released him. So I don't know. Yeah, Joey Barton got him sacked because of a yeah. prank a prank that Joey didn't like or something. And then Joey got the but, sack. So I don't know how that yeah, works. I think I read that Chad Evans did an an impersonation or something of someone. It might have been of Joey Barton himself or something. But Joey Barton didn't like it. So then put in could basically put him on a disciplinary caution and then got him sacked because it was like his whatever it's his third strike on his contract or something stupid like that. And then they've got this got him sacked and he's he made some weird comments. He was like, oh, anyone would love to have Chet Evans in their squad. He'd be an asset to anyone, but we think we're better off without him. It's probably, like, put some, it's probably put some money on the next club Chet Evans is going to, knowing his yeah. um, his history with football betting, but I don't know. Oh, it was, it was interesting. He's, just made, he's made some interesting comments, but that's I guess that's Joey Barton. He does strange things and makes strange comments. Uh, um I think they'll probably be better off without him. He's just—I feel like he's just wherever he goes, he's going to be more trouble than he's worth. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, is, I think this is the quarterfinal. I've sort of lost track of what round, or maybe it's the round before the quarterfinals of the AFL Trophy. Um, I sort of already expressed earlier. I'm sort of—I've got my doubts over whether this competition will actually be completed. But while it's ongoing, there's always that slim hope of a, of a trip to Wembley for City, which is always. Um, you know, we haven't been there for a few years. There was a there was a period of time where we almost went there every second um, every second year, I guess, because we played there twice in that FA Cup run, and then a year later, in uh, two years later, I should say, in the um, promotion final. Um, and I don't think we've lost there in regulation time either. So, um, sort of a home away from home for us. So it'd be nice to get back there anyway. But do you sort of? Um, I mean, I, I guess because we've had so few games lately, it's almost it's almost to our benefit to play a stronger side in this game just to get some minutes in everyone's legs. Yeah, I think, uh, well, what have we got? How many game days between that game and our the following game? I think maybe four or four, ga- four days. Let's just have a look. Yeah. We're, we're imagine, playing Blackpool. Jeez, okay, so that's coming back around quickly. So we're playing Blackpool again um, Sunday morning our time. So what's that Wednesday morning to Sunday morning's four days, is it? So reasonable break. I think that, especially when they've just essentially had, they're going to have close to, what's that, three weeks or something off, basically, yeah. between our last, or it might even be more, between our last game and this game. Um, so I'd imagine, or oh, not last, but yeah, we had like 10 days and then charting and then we've got uh, another 10 days or something. And then, so quite a, quite a decent sort of rest period. So I'd imagine that they, we'd be just, you just play the, play the full, the, the full strength side or the strongest team you've got available at Fleetwood. Um, if you win, you go through the next round. If there is a next round, you know, cup, cup runs and such. Um, I, look, I love a cup run, but as you, as you say, there's a lot of things that are up in the air at the moment and a lot of, uh, implications that we don't even know about yet with with how coronavirus is impacting on not only football but all of the uk and all of the world still yeah. so um but if there's a game there to win we may as well put out a good squad good team and win it um so i'd say yeah. we probably put out best squad best team that's available um 
And and I guess I guess Grant poor Grant would be in a dilemma if he was to play a weekend side because it would probably mean starting Lewis Potter and he wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> it's sort of, um, sort of you know, um, uh, it's 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 a bizarre one. I I keep hoping that we'll get news on a on a contract, but each passing day I'm I'm getting a bit more skeptical on that. But I uh, I guess it'll come down to who outlasts two at the club, whether Lewis Potter just outlasts McCann at some point, but. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I probably agree. I think we go. I go. I think we go strong side in this one. I, I give us the edge as well. I think even with the managerial bounce that Fleetwood might expect, I think we should be too strong for them. Um, I guess honors are sort of split at the moment. We beat them in the FA Cup. They beat us in the league. So um, I guess this is to to put us ahead for the season, um, ahead of another league game in a few weeks or a few months, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'll probably back us to go through in this one. Yeah, look, I, I expect a win. Um, yes, Fleetwood's becoming our new Arsenal. I think we're drawing yeah. them all the time in the in the cup now, so or this season anyway. But um, yeah, look, I, I'd expect to win. I think um, I really just count that that loss in the league as an anomaly. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I, I think we performed much better. We had a really bad, poor game against them the first time when we played them in the cup. We had a much stronger performance and we came away with the win so i'd expect the same again especially backing on the strong performance against charlton i'd expect i'd be hoping for another strong performance and i'd be expecting three well expecting a win oh yeah yeah i always almost catch myself saying three points um for the cup games but yeah absolutely hoping for the win in this one and um through to the next round but um Look, it'll be an interesting week. Um, only one game of football coming up. We've, we sort of got into the routine of um, two games in a week. Uh, games are kind of coming thick and fast, and now they're few and far between, which is sort of an odd adjustment to make with, you know, no games over Christmas was um, especially weird as well. But, um, look, you know, thank you for joining me, Dan, for the, for the episode. Oh, that's all right. It's, um, it's a pleasure to come on and talk football. No worries. And um, I guess we'll be back uh after that Fleetwood game to preview the, well, I guess at this stage, Blackpool and uh, first of two Accrington Stanley games in a week. And I will have to learn how to say their name properly uh, before that episode if we're going to play them twice in 10 days or something like that. Um, but until then, until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you're Amber and Black till you're t-